Let's go. It's week 12 in the NFL and time for some Thanksgiving Day football. It's a bit out of the ordinary for Sharp and the Public to be out before Thursday, but there were some incredible betting trends specifically for Thanksgiving that we had to get out to you. There's more to come, but to get you thinking about it, I'll fill you in. Over the last 10 years, when the public bets on a team on Turkey Day, those teams are 30 and 17 against the spread. So much for fade the public, right? It's a fascinating trend that perfectly fits with our Sharp and the Public theme. So yeah, welcome to Sharp and the Public the only place where you can find information on public betting trends and learn how to use that information to win more bets in the NFL. In today's episode, Andy and I focus in on Thanksgiving and how and why data changes for a day like this. We also touch on the usual trends, including finding a trend that is 56 and 22. Now that is something you cannot miss. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. But before we get into it, I'll ask that you share the podcast with someone else so they can win their Thanksgiving Day bets as well. But anyways, it's time to sharpen the public. Let's go. Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. The only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets. I'm your host, DJ Bianco. Years ago, I started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the NFL. I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the Sharps perform when they're more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when the spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic. And if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. Welcome back, everyone. This is, again, Sharp in the Public. I, as always, am your host, Deej, back here with my co-host, Andy, today. No Rick. Rick is out doing some other stuff. We've all got a lot going on with Happy Hour Sports, but we're very busy. Things are growing really well at a good rate, and one day, I think we'll finally get back to having all three of us here on the podcast, but today, it's just me and Andy. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Andy. How you doing? Hey, Deej. Good to be back. Sorry that I've been gone the last couple of weeks. Like you said, we have had a lot going on with the website which is a part of the reason why I've been absent, which is exciting. You guys will hear some of the news coming up soon, I'm sure. But for now, I am thrilled to be back. Unfortunately, I wish that I was coming back with a win after my Colts choked the win yeah. away against your Philadelphia Eagles, which I'm sure we'll talk about more later in the pod. But Yeah, uh, we can talk about it now. I mean, I was pretty nervous the entire game. I mean, I was, I'll talk about this a little bit as I talk about my week, but I was traveling. So I was on a plane. I had access to live television, but I didn't have, I couldn't choose what game I wanted to watch. So I had like the, the direct TV version of red zone, which is far, far, far worse than <laughs> Scott Hansen. But I got to see snip, snippets of that game. And I was very thankful that Jalen Hurts bailed us out at the end of that game. Yeah, I caught bits and parts. I was actually in Pinehurst playing golf over the weekend, so I, I missed like right at the beginning of the game. Then I caught bits and parts as we were trying to gather our things and hit the road. Did not see the comeback happen, but got the score notifications and was like, oh, great, there we go. But honestly, like I was ready to come in guns blazing and roast you if we got the win. <laughs> but And send me chickens with me saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eagles Shout out Eagles. to... <laughs> shout out to apple with the memoji chickens you guys do need to update it with the new ios to make the video reflect <laughs> the audio um that's been a problem for a while now but i'll get off my soapbox i think the one thing though that's like kind of awkward for the colts is like i wasn't like that bummed that we lost because it's like okay we're slowly but surely like helping our draft stock but then again it's also like we're playing the steelers this week on monday night and we're favored by two and a half so like are we going to just be middle of the road and just screw ourselves and be in this awkward purgatory? I, I don't know what's going to happen. So it's been an interesting two weeks for sure. Definitely good to know that the Raiders win wasn't necessarily a fluke. I think that we figure some stuff out if we can hang with you guys. Either that or you guys have been pretty hung over the last two times you've played. Yeah, well, that's probably part of it. Or Saturday is just the best coach of all time. I mean, we, we can. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your take on that. So uh, when we get to talking about the Colts and next week, I'll ask you the same thing. So let that one stir. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, so this is episode 11 of Sharp and the Public, and it's obviously still the only place that you can find the best up-to-date information on public betting trends in the NFL. So thank you for sitting back for another episode with us. We're very thankful to have you. In week 10, we had a lot of, I don't know, it was, a, it was an interesting week to say the least. We can learn a lot from the trends this week. I think it's exciting for the future of the pod and for the, for the rest of the week's 
and I'll, I'll touch on those on those topics here in a second. But Andy, did you bet the NFL at all this weekend, or how did it go? I took a big hiatus from betting over the weekend, not because I needed it necessarily. Things are fine, everybody. Um, but <laughs> the, I, I was just I had I got together with some high school buddies of mine and uh, that I don't normally get to see, so I was really soaking that in. However, I did have one NFL teaser. And it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I teased the Jets up from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half. And then I actually teased the Eagles. I ended up being right, but I feel like if I were to do it again, I may have not have done it the right way. So I, I feel like I got, I got a really lucky break there with y'all's comeback. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I was, I also had the Eagles in a teaser. Um, I sadly had them paired with the, the, the Texans because I thought the, you know, it was the commander's best game of the year. Texans coming off a game that they could have covered at home. I thought they were going to play pretty well. Um, they ended up getting murdered by the Commanders, who now look—I don't know—the NFC making the NFC East look even better than it actually is right now. So it's really interesting, but ended up losing there, and that's partly why I want to talk about you know how we can learn from a week like this. So personally, I went four and eight um, on the week. Not great. Not something that is very exciting, but it happens. But looking at the betting trend results, I mean, it kind of makes sense why that happens, but I think it's important to kind of look past the outstanding effects of why that would have happened and looking like blame it on the trends because that's not necessarily what it was, but it's an important time to like take a step back and look at why I may have done not as great as I have in the past and why and how we can learn from that. So Firstly, I didn't. I don't think it really quite went my way because I, I was moving around a lot on the weekend. It was not an, a great opportune one for me to bet. Genuinely, like I was at the. I ended up going to the Gamecocks game on on Saturday. Where let's beat, go. Yeah, where we beat Tennessee. So that was pretty exciting. But I mean, staying up late and traveling Friday, Saturday, still working on my article, still editing the podcast, doing all that. Not to blame, you know, a, lot, a lack of time and effort and on this on the stuff that we get to bring you guys but yeah thank you for your service <laughs> it did take a toll <laughs> it did take a toll on me but so i think i think it's important to kind of learn like where like where to find time to to really get your analysis in because it's really important to to not blindly look at a slate or to really take your time when you're trying to 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 bet as as well as you can you know for sure. Yeah. And, and that's why I kind of sat on the sidelines because I didn't really have time to research anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I didn't really take much because it was like I, I've kind of had my had way less of a pulse on college this year with my big focus on NBA. And I had no access to watch any of the NBA games while I was in Piner. So I was like, I'm not going to bet any hoops. Um, I at least have kept my finger on the pulse with uh, NFL all season. So I felt comfortable enough for that one teaser. But I wasn't about to just go in and um, and place a bunch of bets because of my um, because of traveling so much and just kind of being out of it for a couple of days. Yeah, I totally, yeah, I get that. And it, it, again, it's important to 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 take that as a note and you know learn from that because you don't have to bet every game, you don't have to bet everything. It's important to to know when you don't know as much, and that's when the books take advantage of you. So it's really important to stay consistent with that with that mindset. Um, and again, I'm trying to find the best balance between you know, getting my article out at a, at a reasonable time. So as many people can see it as well as finding a time that the numbers, the public baiting data is not going to change much because I think I did see a much different, like than I have seen in the past, a change in the public betting data from when I submitted my article to when like the kickoffs went shout out to a, his name on Twitter is a, but it's at what the fuck catch up. <laughs> what yeah he's an active <laughs> he's an active uh follower of mine so shout out to him for for asking because i did mention it in my article like i'm gonna look at what the line like what the numbers look like for this for the commanders and texans overplay because it did have between 20 and 30 percent sharps which we know is really good it's 10 and 1 it ended up dropping to like five percent sharps towards the over before kickoff and i honestly wouldn't have remembered to look because i was traveling so much and I was able to get off of that and switch to the, to the Panthers under, which cashed. Um, and I think that's partly because I was able to look at it so close to kickoff. So I'm going to do better at trying to manage that time, that differential between my article coming out and the betting data, but stuff to learn from. Like if I was able to do that, like we would have been able to hop off the Steelers because they jumped up past 30%, which is now one in five. 
that 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 play lost. We could have hopped on the Raiders, which had between sixty five and sixty nine percent money and twenty to thirty percent sharps, which is uh, an automatic play basically for me. Or hopped on the Cowboys under because there was seventy five percent. Oh, there's eighty percent of the bets on the over, and anytime that happens where there's seventy five percent of bets on the over, uh, it's one in seven to date. So, you know, we live and we learn and you can't progress in this industry without failures. And slowly and steadily, I think we, we will make this the most uh, profitable NFL gambling show out there, but it's, it's going to take some time. <laughs> um, I appreciate the sport no matter what, you know, I know I still got Reddit DMs and Twitter DMs that people are still learning and people are managing to win. Some guy told me that he had his first winning week in like four weeks after trailing <laughs> <laughs> or all season. I don't remember what it was tra- trailing my, uh, my insight. So that still makes me feel good. And obviously makes me happy to bring the information to you. Even when I <laughs> don't necessarily win. Congrats on the dub to that guy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we take what we can get a win's a win. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I hope the mods on uh, our sports book are listening to this too. I welcome them to uh, <laughs> to hear me out as someone who has been an avid poster and avid commenter, but uh, that's a completely different story. A little bit of an inside joke there. And he continually gets banned from that from that uh, that Reddit Reddit, Reddit but the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, I was told I was a shill for constantly posting our website link, and it's like, well, I'm giving the play too, but I digress. <laughs> Let's jump right into the action. I'm ready to hear more about uh, how the trends went. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Yeah, I'll get off my soapbox as well. These week's trends, like as I mentioned, are a doozy. I mean, we've got a great Thanksgiving slate also to prepare for, so I'm really excited to talk about it. I also want to preface this that we are recording this on Tuesday aside from our normal Wednesday, and I'm going to try and get it out tomorrow on Wednesday. So you'll be hearing this on Wednesday to prepare for Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about all the Thanksgiving games and then also hit some on Sunday. But obviously a bit of an interesting episode as we are on Thanksgiving week. So happy, happy Gobbler Day to all of you out there. <laughs> happy Gobbler Day. <laughs> you know, Wawa, Wawa, I'm, you don't know Wawa, but Wawa has the Gobbler, which is a phenomenal sandwich. Oh, yeah. Got all the Thanksgiving things you need. Closest one, I think, is either Washington, D.C. or Florida from where I'm at. But I've had, I think I've bought a case of beer there before. I've never had a sandwich, though. Yeah, not in Pennsylvania. You can't do it there. Pennsylvania's stupid with their alcohol laws. But shout out Wawa, hopefully future sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, there we go. There's your <laughs> plug. Sponsor us. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So the public um, this week went seven and six and one. So still heading, uh, holding steady around even. Andy, you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, so I'll preface this again. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they went, they had their best week, um, the public did, at 10 and five. I think it was two or three weeks ago. And from looking at my historical data and this week and this year, I mean, it's pretty obvious that the public will have a really good week. Then they'll go even or they'll go right to being bad, but they won't have another good week without having that really bad week in between it. So I think we're kind of waiting for that to happen. Uh, so, I mean, they went five and six one week. They went seven and seven last week, and then they went seven, six and one this week. Nice. And that's interesting. Ten and five is impressive. I feel like I maybe was on that podcast for for that one where we were all like, I can't believe that the public did this well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you might have been there. but Good to know that that's what it's been like since then because I haven't really kept a gauge on it. Yeah, and that's interesting too because we do have Thanksgiving and an interesting stat that I want to put out there for everyone is – the public is actually pretty good when it comes to Thanksgiving Thursday. When the public is on a team in the last 10 years on Thanksgiving, it's those teams are 30 and 17. So What? Yeah. <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is wild. Is this the book trying to get people like super confident heading into Sunday and then they just like completely just blow it up? <laughs> yeah. That's actually really interesting. I would be curious to see how the Sundays look after Thanksgiving. But on yeah. Thanksgiving, everyone's getting together. All the families are talking about sports, and they're all <laughs> they're all finding the best ways to beat the book, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that 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 is thirteen seventeen is damn good. Yeah, moving on, but to this week though, we've got the money also went six and one or seven six and one, second week in a row where they did the same as the public, which is really interesting. But the super interesting from the thing from that is our 
great trend are between 65 and 69% of the money, which as of last week was 15 and four went three and zero this week. So I was on two of those, thankfully, but that's awesome to, to see that. I mean, it's now 18 and four. Yeah. That's impressive. 18 and four. Yeah. <laughs> not bad, huh? Dropping no, ball. not at all. It not works. at all. It's good too. It's good too that, uh, like we've adapted, like we're not just homering. Although like Geico, obviously, God bless. That's chef's kiss. But uh, like, so there's, there's other ones you got to adapt and adjust. And that's what this podcast is about. I know like the first few episodes, it could have been like, Oh, we're just going to take the same fucking trends every single episode, but no adapt and adjust, baby. This is what yeah. we do. We find the diamonds in the rough and, and that's definitely one. So kudos yeah. to you for that. That's impressive. Yeah. So that that's the 60 to five to 69%. But also we know that the 60 to 64% in money is pretty bad as well. It was 6-19. There was only one game that had that. The Bears had 62% uh, of the money and lost. So that moved. That trend now moves to 6-20. and 20. So things looking really good. If you're, I mean, if you were betting solely based on those trends, you would have went 4-0, you know, betting on the money, knowing this information. So that's awesome. So, yeah, that's the, that's the money. We'll move to the Sharps now. The Sharps had a great week. They went 9-4 and four against the spread. Um, the updated Geico trend, which is between 20 and 30% sharp differential. And I'll, I should say this every time, but I think I forget it sometimes. The sharp differential is the difference between the money percentage and the bet percentage, right? So yeah, for example, the Dallas Cowboys had 79% of the money and 52% of the public bets. So 79 minus 52 is 27. That puts them in the 20 to 30% sharp differential range, which is what we're calling the updated Geico trend. The Cowboys had 27% sharp differential, which is in the 20 to 30% updated Geico trend, which is different than the Geico trend. That to date is 23 and 10. So shout out to that. That's still hitting really well. Cardinals were one of the teams that lost in that as well as the Texans. Sadly, I was on both of those. The Cowboys managed to cover in that. And if you were on the Saints or Colts, they also did. So shout out to those people that followed that trend for those games. I was... Not going to bet against my Eagles <laughs> against the Colts. And the Saints moved in last minute. I think they had like 21%. So, again, like I said earlier, I missed that one. But we will learn. Some of that, too. I mean, you put your article out around like 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. NFL games start at 1 p.m. There's tons of movement that comes in right at the end, too. So, although like most of the time you are able to capture the data nicely in your picks, if if some late money comes in late or a bunch of people decide to wait till the last minute to put their bets in, sometimes it does mess up the numbers that you were backing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say earlier with like a lessons learned is figuring out a way to mitigate those, those late bets that come in because they are important. And because as I, all the data that we have is representative of the, you know, the, the time at kickoff. So it's important to, 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 to note that. And I always mention it in my article and I want people to look at for look out for that as well, because obviously I'm not perfect either, but I want to do a better job. So also I win more of my own bet. And again, it's, it's a, it's a process and we're only going to get better as we, as we continue going through this. So yeah, good point. Yeah. So I'll say it again. The updated Geico trend went three, two, and one, the general Geico trend. So anything above 15% sharp differential went five, three, and one which is awesome. I mean, we, we know that based on the data that we've seen teams that the money, you know, where the, where there's a differential between the, the money and the public, where, where the big money betters are putting their bets on, they're putting more confidence on teams. It, it's, it's hitting, it's working. I mean, uh, we'll touch on that as we talk about the totals to date, because it's, it's pretty staggering how impressive it is to see how good these, these numbers are doing. And then last point I want to make on the sharps, um, sharp differential is, I, I mentioned it quickly earlier, but we now have a little bit more data of teams having 30% or greater sharp differentials. And it's one in five. Sadly, I was on the one, <laughs> the one win because I bet against it when it was the Panthers a couple of weeks ago for Thursday night, but one in five is not good. I know you, you're a big harper on small sample size, Andy, but one in five to me is not, is, 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 is a trend. Yeah. 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 I would consider that a trend too. It's just interesting that that big of a differential has that big of a losing margin. You would think that at least it would be 
closer to break even than uh, alarmingly bad like that. So yeah. definitely interesting. You can't just, I mean, that goes back to what we've said since day one. You can't just blindly tail the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or the sharps. Yeah. Uh, it's like. Yeah, money or the sharps. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't, I, I want to know what the reason for that is. Like, Vegas knows that putting a line at a certain number is going to entice a lot of intelligent bettors to take it. While at that number, I mean, I, I consistently see that between this 20 to 30%. Um, differential when we're looking at sharps just in sharps it does really well like across spread or both over and unders which is it's fascinating so like talked about all these on the podcast but the sharp differential between 20 and 30 percent for spreads is 23 and 10 against the spread right so just keep that in mind 23 and 10 sharp percentage on the under to date between 20 and 30 percent sharps is 23 and 11 and then moving on to the over, Sharp's percentage on the over between 20 and 30% is 10 and 1. <laughs> so if you add that up, that is f- 56 and 22. That's insane. But then when you hit the 30 number, it screws it all up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the? Maybe we've just got this one pocket of like super rich guys with a bunch of oil money <laughs> or something that are just slamming games and they're 1 5 on the games they slam. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. There's like there's, <laughs> there's you could literally just you could just make shit up about why this is that is a really good funny plus. reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's almost like baffling because there's no there's no reason why like thirty is the threshold that it just starts to blow up. But before it is insane, even it's on the that, ATS yeah. and over under. It's incredible that it's consistent across all range, like all whatever betting contingent like whatever the fuck it's called betting yeah yeah across all books across all not even books across all types of bets i should say like oh some, yes yeah spreads overs and unders right if you this take trend the, is affected by all types of wagers yes yes yeah like it's insane i mean and it's kind of like you said it's kind of consistent for the over for uh, above 30 percent as well it's one in five for the uh spread and then seven and nine for the overs but on the unders it's 14 and 15 actually so it, it is negative across the board that's crazy i'll yeah. add that up to 23 and 30 so when you go above 30 percent, so you go from 56 and 22 across all wager types between 20 and 30 percent sharp differential which is a 72 percent win percentage <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking nuts to 23 and 30 above 30 percent. that's nuts well, consider me all in on the twenty to thirty percent range after hearing this uh, this tangent. Normally, I'm just looking for a couple of things, uh, including Geico, but uh, I am that's going to be my key indicator this week. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Red, <laughs> Red is going to eat this one up, so that that'll be awesome. I'm excited to to kind of bring that to to everyone there as well. That's that's an awesome find for us. So just to yeah, put it nuts. simply, yeah, to put it simply, when you're looking at the Action Network and you look at the sharp differential for any type of bet, right? So spread or totals. And if you find props somehow, look for this as well. But anytime that number is that blue number, the sharp differentials between 20 and 30%, you need to highly consider that bet because they are hitting at a ridiculous rate, 72%. Okay, so moving on from that, let's go to the totals to date now after talking about this week. So the public going seven six and one brings them to seventy four and eighty five throughout the year. So it's forty seven percent win percentage, which is I mentioned it last week, I think, but it's better than I thought they would have done. Like if you would have just told me, asked me how I think the public is at betting, I would have said between maybe forty and forty five. But them hitting at a forty seven percent rate is is pretty good in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Forty seven percent win percentage is better than what some people can say they hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's basically like an average better, like maybe not the maybe better than an average better. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. That'd be interesting to look at is what what is the average uh, return on investment for just the average better? I don't even know if that's readily available data anywhere, but that that would be probably middle of the road because like you you have to hit fifty two percent to crack a profit. So if you go if you're down five percent of that, that sounds that's that feels right. Like ten percent would be pretty egregious if you're only hitting like. 42% of your bets, that's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I mean, Vegas has shiny lights for a reason. I mean, the average better probably isn't hitting a lot of their bets. 
Um, and then you just got to redeposit and then, you know, you're in a terrible cycle. <laughs> but yeah, their best range, the public's best range is between 55 and 59, which is 22 and 21. That is the first time, like in the last couple of weeks, it might have happened early in the year. But with a lot of data, this is the first range where we've seen the public actually be positive, which is a big note. For, for Sharp and the Public listeners. So between 55 and 59% of the, the bet percentage, public's 22 and 21. They're positive against the spread. But disclaimer, that is only a 51.1% hit rate, which is not positive in the gambling world. No, so it's not. They're you're still losing. losing. Yeah, you're losing all the juice. That's fair. That's, that is fair. Um, if we were talking about even odds, then uh, yeah, sure. Congrats to the public. But this is a gambling <laughs> podcast. You're not hitting 52%. See ya. Yeah. This is also, again, why I think Trump and the public is important because we look at we can look at the public's total to date, right? 74 and 85, 47% win percentage is what it is. It's not great. But it's different than like what you would expect. And it's not necessarily true that you should always fade the public. And that's what we're taught, you know, or what you're, anytime you look at a bet, it's like, Oh my God, 65% of the bets are on the team. I'm just going to go the other way. It's not necessarily like that. Like, yeah, they're not great in that, in those ranges, but they're not egregiously bad. They're, they're around even, and you're never going to beat the books that way. If you just, if you're just looking to fade the public and that's, why again sharpen the public is so important and so fascinating to look at yeah absolutely and to pair with that too like as teachers always harped on since day one like this is just kind of stuff to supplement what your card is already made up of like before you hit submit and you've got that stuff in your bet slip you're cementing your decisions with uh the data to back it with the public and, and money data that is presented in the podcast so definitely uh definitely worthwhile to give it a listen and share with your friends <laughs> yeah absolutely always share with your friends please please definitely share if you find this stuff interesting moving on we got the money percentage the money percentage to date is 83 and 76 that is a 52 percent win percentage their best range is as i mentioned earlier is that 65 to 69 percent range where they are now 18 and 4 which is awesome i hope everyone else is out there able to to cash on that small range um and then their worst range is between 60 and 64, which I also touched on earlier, which is 6 and 20 against the spread, which is still fascinating how you get that crazy jump between that, that 65% mark. But I guess we're getting a lot of that looking at the sharp differentials too. So pretty weird. Yeah, definitely interesting there. Uh, moving forward, we got the sharp differential to date is 84 and 75. That is a 53 win percentage, which is essentially the same thing as the money percent. Yeah, just one more win compared to one <laughs> less loss. <laughs> yeah, very close. Uh, we've been talking about it all year, right? The Geico trend and the updated Geico trend. If you look at, I'll say these ranges particularly so you can kind of see where these numbers come from, right? So between 15 to 19% sharp differential is 17 and 12. Um, and then 20 to 30% is 23 and 10 against the spread. Like I have been saying this episode and then above 30% is one in five against the spread. So totally, if you add that up, that would be the old Geico trend, which would be 41 and 27, but the updated Geico trend, just looking specifically between 20 and 30 is 23 and 10, which is amazing. It's really shows how important it is to look at this stuff and to look at, you know, where these, these people are putting their money because they're more confident and they're winning. They're not losing. Like these are the people that make that do this for a living. And if you want to be these people, just follow them. Not blindly. Do it do it intelligently. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> just I don't say know how awesome it is. You can say it's awesome. I love the Geico trend. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. I don't know I don't know what else there is to say. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> beautifully said there from Andy. I mean, really adding a lot of value. <laughs> I I use Geico for my car insurance, so it just it fits. It fits yeah. the bill. Yeah, if anyone is wondering, I mean, I said we said Geico trend because it used to be fifteen percent or more, um, but now I've just been saying it pretty ridiculously. Even though we're talking about twenty to thirty percent, maybe we should come up with a name. What's a number of a player between uh, twenty and thirty? What are some players? Oh, Steph Curry, the Steph Curry method. It's the Hayward Curry method. <laughs> Sounds like it should be a math <laughs> equation. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what this podcast is. It's pretty nerdy. <laughs> yeah, it's too much math for you, Andy. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's why we do what we do. I, we the purpose of Happy Hour Sports is to do all the research and all the numbers and shit. So you literally have to sit your ass down on the couch, have your beer after work, and read what the plays are based on the research. So you don't have to go digging yourself. That's the purpose of it. So. Uh, I, I I love the I love the nerdy stuff. I love the numbers, and you can see that in my MBA articles too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I became an engineer for a reason, but while I <laughs> love love engineering, I would much prefer to do this for my day job. So keep doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, dude. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so before we get to the Thanksgiving games and the rest of the week, let's touch on some interesting trends. Our good friend. The public on the over, Andy. I don't know if you've been following. Is five and twenty-two? Oh, oh I've been following sixty-five <laughs> percent. Oh, I've been following. That is just <laughs> abysmal. It was. I mean, it's been. Yeah, it was four and twenty. I think last week, and it went one and two this week. So five and twenty-two. Anytime the public bets on t- on, on an over greater than sixty-five percent. No, we we need to flip the script on this. It's not abysmal. It's fucking awesome. It is. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the one where you probably could have guessed that this is what it's going to look like, though, and we've touched on it all throughout. So nothing surprising here. It is pretty awesome. Fade it. Fade it. Fade it. Um, fade I, it. I did. I was remiss to to miss the total trend for the over and the under. So I'll say this quickly: the public when they're on the over to date is thirty-seven and sixty, a grand old thirty-eight percent win percentage. Uh, love that. Fade them. Especially mm-hmm. again, obviously, when they're above sixty-five percent, and then the over, and then the under is thirty-four and thirty-two. We know that it's slightly better than positive um, historically, and that's exactly what it's showing here. The interesting thing there is above sixty percent when the public's on the under at b- above sixty percent. That is fifteen and seven. So high confidence on the under is a good thing, even though it might be switching. Um, obviously, this week it wasn't great, so. We'll look to keep you updated on that in the future. But right now, I'm still betting with the public and the under. A situation to monitor, to be sure. Yes, exactly. That's a good way to put it. So a couple other things that I want to hit, like just for interesting trends and stuff, right? So I mentioned it quickly, but between this 20 and 30% range for any type of bet in the sharp differential is very good. Like specifically looking at the over, that is when it's best. It's 10 and 1. Why does that happen? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then, I mean, it's 10 and 1 at that range. And then below that, cumulatively, it is 7 and 21. 21. I'm sorry, 7 and 25. Oh, <laughs> even worse. Great. Yeah. yeah. So when the sharp percentage is on the over, unless it's above 20%, take the under or vice versa. If it's above 20%, take the over. That's something I've been really harping about in my articles, in my Reddit plays and stuff. This this stuff matters, and it's 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 awesome that we have so much data to back it now. Like we've been waiting for for weeks and weeks to 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 compile the data and get a lot of good stuff for this season, and it's working. I mean, even though we have bad weeks and we we have bad bad reads, I'm sure if we were to bet every game using methods like these, it's just not a personally a way that I like to bet. But I'm sure we could find a way to win in every game, which is really awesome. Yeah, there definitely is a different way to look at each and every game. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna have a 16 and 0 week but mm-hmm. um it, it this does like just because you don't necessarily call it out in your article or we may not touch on one certain trend on one certain episode there you're exactly right there is enough stuff out there that we've touched on throughout the last few weeks where you could find a uh, a juicy angle on every single game yeah for sure yeah and then the last one is I'll say it every week until it's not this way the only over trend that is still out there is when the sharp differential is on the over at between 15 and 19 percent it's 0 and 4 we will sound the alarms when we see a game with a possibility of falling in that range but that's just crazy i mean i feel like out of respect it must be a five unit slam <laughs> to the end of <laughs> when it happens <laughs> but uh, yeah i don't know we'll, we'll see i i hope soon that happens and we can continue to win on that something like that and Ofer is fun to see i'll make sure to tweet out sirens from the official twitter account <laughs> at hh sports hq for those of you that have not followed it yet it has way less followers than deej and i do but 
Uh, we're trying to grow that following too. So look out for the alarms there. That's where you will see them. Yeah, a very good plug. You're seamless, honestly. <laughs> that's probably why that's that's probably why the mods on uh, our sportsbook call me a shell. So, because <laughs> yeah, you're not seamless, you're not you're not a. <laughs> I'm not smooth. I'm yeah. not smooth. <laughs> Andy, the type of guy to just post a straight link in the in the Reddit. <laughs> so it was a good play. I mean, the Pacers win total was a mess up, but I mean, yeah, yeah. A quick debrief, like what got me banned was. Uh, the, I found that Bovada had the Pacers win total for the year at 46 and a half three weeks after the season had kicked off when their win total previously was 23 and other <laughs> books had it around like the 23, 24 range. And I was like, this is, this is a fluke. And I got so much praise and DMS and comments. And then right before the post got taken down, I got taken down like right when I woke up the next morning around six or 7 AM. And <laughs> There were a couple of people that commented on there, like, shame on you. I hope you learned your lesson because this is now <laughs> going to get taken down. Well, spoiler, Rick and I found another faulty line literally days later of TCU's win total at 10 and a half. So, yes, we maxed that one out and we got paid out. So the Pacers one is going to pay out as well to those of you who doubted. Sorry, mods, that I made your followers a bunch of money. And people <laughs> are absolutely – people are still praising it, dude. I mean, I'm still getting stuff about this. So we were able to help out a lot of people. So much so that the article went out around like 11 p.m. Eastern time and the line was offline on Bovada by 1 a.m. So pretty cool stuff. Way to go, community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just ask you about it, right? I mean, in this, Andy did get his account back. Oh, yeah. I've only been giving them love on this podcast. Nothing negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. But, yeah, that's that's Reddit. I mean, Reddit, everywhere that we post and stuff, uh, we, we appreciate your support. You know, Twitter and Reddit is obviously where we get a lot of feedback and, and engagement. So please continue with that. We, we really appreciate it. We know that we, we put in a lot of effort and wh whether we win or lose, I mean, people say that they like the insight. So that's the most important thing. For sure. Yeah. Shout out Reddit. I love you guys. Yeah. So moving on, we can now touch on the Thanksgiving game. So I feel like obviously we should just go into it as the games are projected to go, but I do have a couple interesting trends for you. Andy, are you ready? I'm ready if you are. Sharpen them. Let's go. Since 2004, favorites on Thanksgiving are 43 and 8 straight up and 35 what? and 16 against the spread. <laughs> Wait, no, no. <laughs> yeah. He just stood up, everyone. <laughs> okay, 40. Say that one more time. Straight up, favorites are 43 and 8. But against the spread, they are 35 and 16 since 2004 on Thanksgiving. That's nuts because we have two huge favorites yep. to get things kicked off. As you're having your morning mimosa at 12.30 p.m., you can watch <laughs> the Bills beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions. A Thanksgiving tradition unlike any other. <laughs> it's so interesting because it, it's such a – I mean, the Bills don't have to travel. They played in Detroit this week against the Browns, like basically a home game. I mean – Surely a lot of the Bills fans are going to want to travel because they weren't able to see their team last week. Surely, yeah. surely this is a B-town. If this, if this hits, I mean, it's nine and a half right now. Uh, let's see where the money is at. I've got 10 on the Bills game, but then nine and a half for the uh, Cowgirls and the Giants. Okay. I see nine and a half, but I mean, it is what it is. Right now, there's nothing crazy bet-wise. I only see 5,000 bets or so in action. That'll obviously change by game time, but um, only about 58% of the bets or the money is on the bills. So that's where I would put my money as of right now, just based on that trend. I mean, that's pretty impressive. And the fact that they don't have to travel and that they were there this week. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Did they stay in Detroit? Do you know? I feel like they did. I mean, there was fucking seven feet of snow in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's not, I feel like that's not being talked about enough. Although I haven't really watched a lot of TV so far this week. So I don't know, yeah, but it's only Tuesday. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Huh, that's that, yeah, that's super interesting. Even though it's a short week, they get to stay there. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't mind that as much. Yeah, so in, in addition to that, so like when the favorites have 60% or more of the public bets, they are in their last 27, they are 20 and 7 against the spread, which is wild. So the like this is where I was going at when I talked about it earlier. The public is good on Thanksgiving, and when they bet the favorite, they are 20 and 7. Um, at a number higher than 60%. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I'll read all these stats off because it all means really the same thing. So just in general, when the public bets on Thanksgiving, they are like when the public bets on a team in the last 10 years, they are 30 and 17. The public is against the spread. And then when the public bets on the favorite, those teams are 27 and 12 against the spread. (laughs) (laughs) This doesn't seem fair. This is this is a hoax. I, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm only seeing these numbers because it's going to flip. Like, <laughs> like that's such a bad mentality to have, but yeah, now that we've identified it, this is like, we're going to go with a bunch of like, we're just going to ride with the public and then get absolutely dicked. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, nine and a half at home, the lions, the line, the total set at 54 and a half. <laughs> I think this is yeah, the, the largest I've seen in a while. So yeah, so that's one thing too is like with a spread that big, I do feel a little bit better about the Bills since the over under is so large. Like it seems like Vegas thinks this is just going to be, and of course it should be right. I mean, Detroit's offense isn't terrible, but there we know their defense is an absolute meme. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I think Buffalo can definitely take advantage of that. Um, they have the tools to be able to shut down Super Bowl runner up Jared Goff. So. I think that uh, I think I think it's totally justified. the The four thirty game, I don't fully understand though. Uh, the Cowboys and the yeah. Giants. So as people are getting finally getting their Thanksgiving food, maybe <laughs> maybe they've had several mimosas by now and a couple <laughs> glasses of red wine. They look at the slate and they say the Giants, the seven and three Giants, are plus nine and a half. What's going on? Yeah, right now, I mean, they have the twenty to thirty percent of the money. So, or of the sharp differential, which is, which is saying bet the Giants. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm torn. I'm torn because like the one that you read off at the beginning that was like thirty and seventeen. Mm-hmm. That was just favorites, right? Or no, was that's that... just anytime the public bets on that team on Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, all right. I guess I'm going with the Giants. <laughs> Obviously, this could change. You gotta you gotta look at these uh, per game time because. Like Andy's saying, this is going to happen in sequences. People are going to get their drinks, you know, between 11 and 12 o'clock. They're going to place their bets right then, and then they're <laughs> going to wait. They're going to watch the game, and then the game's going to be over, say, third quarter. The Bills are going to be fucking them, and then they're going to start betting on the Giants game. So you gotta you got to look at this in sequences. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the thing where I update my article at the end of each game so we can have the most updated information. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the time to do that, but also, hey, that's what Twitter's good for. So make sure to follow yeah. at DJH Sports. Yeah, for sure. I I plan on having an article, but if I hopefully I'll be able to bring my computer and edit some stuff. But we'll see. I'll be with family as well, so that's a good point. I do want to read off some other crazy stats for this for these Bills games and stuff. The Bills have played twice on Thanksgivings since 2019 with Josh Allen. They are two and zero against the spread, covering. By 18 points per game. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> that fits even more into this large spread. So, yeah, that's the, that's the spread. But if you want any more reason to bet on the game, Bills Road Unders are 5-0 and this season, going under at 10.8 points per game. Wow. So, <laughs> so we're not going to hit this really high total. That's, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is kind of sad. <laughs> But totals of at least 50 played on Thursday are 24, 14, and 1 to the under. So, <laughs> Well, you know why else we're not going to hit this high total is because uh, already everyone and their mother's betting on the over. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what they want. 67% of the bets and 78% of the money. That's a really good point. Yeah, they're above the 65%. That's a smash to the under. I don't have the analytics to back this, but I'd be willing to wager that most of the time when the money and bets are already siding with the over at the beginning of the week, uh, and I'll be at these games are on Thursday, but when the money and, and bets are on the over, it probably stays that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be willing to wager a large sum of money on that. Interestingly enough, uh, well, I mean, this is on it. This isn't surprising, but the over is being bet in the Bills, Lions, and the Giants, Cowboys. But the Pats, Vikings has the under. Um, no one believes in. Although Patriots defense is actually pretty good, and the Vikings put, put up three points last week, so. Definitely a little recency bias there with the Vikings. I mean, we got to remember this offense is really good. They were due for a stinker because I don't think that they – I think the Vikings are really good and we need to give them some respect, but they were due for a loss. I mean, they were not a a true 8-1 team in my opinion. They've had a a lot of close calls this season and good for them. I mean, that's 
you want to see that from a team if they're going to make a deep playoff run. You want to see them be tested and be in close games in the regular season. But I don't think anyone expected that type of blowout. That was egregious. So don't try to wipe that from your memory, even though it is pretty scarring. And it will be even more top of the mind because the Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites literally four hours before the yeah. Vikings play uh, when people are super full or uh, just absolutely gone on their maybe sipping their whiskey now. Yeah, exactly. Sticking to this Pats and Vikings game, a crazy stat for Belichick. Right now the total is sitting at 42 and a half, but when the total is under 42, Belichick against the spread is 53 and 24. <laughs> I hate that guy, man. <laughs> I was going to say something nice. I know I can't stand him. It's interesting to like look at Belichick trends though without Brady because are like are they really are they, are they one in the same? No, I, I would say. We're going to have to make a whole different episode for that one, dude. I, I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But if, if you give him a competent quarterback, because I don't think that Mac Jones is competent in the slightest. I actually think – I actually prefer Zappy to him, um, as I'm sure several New England fans do. But may, maybe if he gets a better quarterback and better weapons, I mean, he hasn't really given the offense a lot to work with from a weapon standpoint over the last couple of years. Yeah. As it's hard stands, to say. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't know. Like, and this we, this year has been really interesting for the Patriots. Like, I mean, the last game was just they won on a on a great punt return, but I mean, it was three to three for the entire game. So, like, who knows how good they really are? And right now, I would be on the Vikings just blind, blindly, like taking a, a game. I th- I think they come off a bit stronger after having been demolished by the Cowboys and. I would be the public. I mean, the public is on them at 68% right now uh, on the Vikings, but the, the money is on the the Patriots. So it'll be interesting to see where things lie, but it's important to remember on Thanksgiving, the public's good. And Yeah, we may as well call this April Fool's Day, like quite literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is going against like the Thanksgiving trends kind of go against everything that we've preached. So uh, you, you're, I don't think, but... well, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm exaggerating yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. but I think I no, I don't blame you at all for siding with the public here as well as I mean just putting logic into it. Um speaking of logic as a man of logic that I am, I will say <laughs> that the New England Patriots fit very nicely into a long teaser if that's what you're looking for with a low total of 42, but then the magic number of uh being in that plus one and a half to plus three and a half range. They're sitting at plus two and a half as we speak here Tuesday night, nine PM Eastern time. So um, definitely something to look at if you're looking for a little turkey teaser. I mean, how do we feel about a Giants plus 15 and a half and a, and a Patriots plus eight and a half teaser? Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of took that one right out of my mouth there. <laughs> I was also even thinking about teasing the, uh, if, if the if you don't have an appetite for a minus 10, maybe you could get, get the bills down, but you're not really passing any key numbers there, so I'm not going to suggest people do that. I guess you're not really passing a ton of key numbers teasing the Giants either, but, I mean, 15 and a half is, actually, no, you would pass two. You'd pass 10 and you'd pass... 14. 14. So as long as you pass two key numbers, then it's always worth it. So yeah, sure. I'm, I'm totally cool <laughs> with the giants and with the, uh, and with the Patriots there, even though I, I hate betting on the Pats. What is a three point uh, or a three team teaser? Is, <laughs> is that? <laughs> so yes. So that gets you, uh, depending on your book, it gets you anywhere from um, nine to 10. Some, it, it really varies depending on the book. Some books are more generous than others as well as from a juice standpoint, but I, I do not advise three-team parlays or uh, three-team teasers. It's just I don't know what it is, but bringing that third independent variable in there really, really, really screws things up. And it makes sense, right? You, you're betting – you're predict, trying to predict three correct events in the future. Your odds are not very great of hitting all three, in, no matter if you're getting a more favorable future outcome or not. So I wouldn't advise that. Depending on how many mimosas I hit in the morning, maybe I will craft that up, but I'm not going to publish that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, so a couple more trends here on the on the Dallas Giants game. Dallas is one in ten against the spread in the last eleven Thanksgiving games. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Feed the Giants, yeah, feed the Giants to me and. Like so, of that thirty-three and seventeen mark, where like all favorites are thirty-three and I'm sorry, thirty-three and sixteen since two thousand five on Thanksgiving, 
the Cowboys of that are five and eight, uh, but all other teams are twenty eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Cowboys are also just like the Lions, bad on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's well, they, and to be fair, like they haven't had a great run since uh, mm-hmm. for for a long time now. I mean, recent recently, I'll give them credit so they don't get mad at us, but. Um, yeah, they've, they've been pretty bang average for a long time, so that's not too surprising. Yeah, this is also the only division game, um, and I love divisional unders, on a, th- on a short week, like not even looking any- at anything else. That's something that very much excites me. So I will be looking yeah. at a lot of unders, and I'll, I'll try to provide a lot more of these trends Thanksgiving-wise for in my article because um, there's a lot that I haven't said, even though I've said a lot. Love a divisional under, and as well as a huge divisional dog. I mean, nine and a half in a divisional game is egregious. You would think like Daniel Jones or Saquon or something like was going wrong. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll see where. Obviously, these numbers are these are these are gonna be interesting numbers to look at because they're not gonna be genuinely like obviously the same type of trends that we've been looking at. This is Thanksgiving. More people, maybe we'll see more bets. Maybe we'll see less. We'll we'll keep that in mind. I'll I'll try and track that. Um, how many bets we see, and maybe that's something I should look at into adding to my spreadsheet is like how many bets are in each game and how that affects the percentages and stuff. Something to keep in mind. For sure. Yeah, no, I think it'd be great. Yeah. But that is about all I had for the Thanksgiving games, Andy. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on anything there? No, I, that was uh, one of the more fun segments we've done in my opinion. I wish that we had Thanksgiving every weekend to break down a three game slate with some uh, April fool's type trends there, but no, that was excellent. I'm, a, I'm eager to see kind of where you see things looking for the rest of the slate with my theory still standing and I'll, and I'll harp on it the rest of the week that uh, I feel like they're just kind of getting the betters ready by letting them have some wins on Thanksgiving just to <laughs> slaughter them down and mow them down <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, that, if that's not the case or if that is the case. Um, yeah, it is fun to t- kind of talk about a slate like this, and that's this is something that I'm excited for for the postseason. I think it's going to be really fun to kind of really deep dive a lot of these games, trend-wise and just from a game sense-wise. But yeah, first game I want to touch <laughs> is a doozy, of course. I feel like it's only fair that we talk about the um, Broncos and the Panthers. <laughs> 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 because the Broncos... I didn't want to bet the under this week on the Broncos because it feels like every game they hit their under. And I felt like it was just going to change. Like it fit all the trends, but just mentally I was like, something's like, this has to change. And it still didn't like, I don't know. Russell Wilson looks terrible. The Broncos defense looks really good. And every game they play just looks so slow. And I feel like they're going to be able to take advantage of whatever's going on with the Panthers offense. Yeah, the Raiders win over the Broncos for me was massive because back in my um, AFC West season preview, I had a prop for the Raiders to finish exactly third in the division. So now that they are tied on their overall record, uh, that's massive for me where it it looks like this could this thing really could happen where they finish third because they're sure it's the Raiders sure as hell aren't going to get second. So they really (laughs) just got to beat the Broncos. And that's kind of what I said. I didn't expect it to be this bad. I mean, people expected what what the records look like in the NFC East. People thought the records were were going to look like in the AFC West. So right, um, right. It, it is still alive though, despite my prediction being uh, halfway wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. As long as your bet hits, I mean, you're right, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, I'm cool with going with that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I lean game-wise. The public is on the Panthers right now. Obviously, there's not many bets since Tuesday. Um, but the money is on the Panthers as well, so in a pretty high margin. So there's a differential. The big money backers are indicating that they're they're showing some confidence in the Panthers to take down the Broncos at home. But I'm obviously more, more excited to look at the total here. <laughs> take your guess. I don't know if you've looked at it, but take your guess as to what you think the total is set at. Uh, I, I already looked because I got it in front of me. So, I mean, that's kind of – I don't know if – obviously the this is bad radio, but I've been just giggling on uh, our video stream here for the last minute because it's 36 and a half. <laughs> it's so low. And I think it's only going to get lower. Extremely small sample size. It's not even breaking 1,000 bets yet. Um, but it, it, people are still taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Like, it yeah. just does not look like – like, I would – 
take it at 26 and a half, you know, hope it's a seven, a 16 to 10 game and you're, you're still covering. That's, that is insane. I don't know if I've ever seen like consistent total. I wonder what their average total is. Uh, that's something I'm going to calculate some at some point. I actually had no idea that Denver was going to be in town on Sunday. So maybe I should uh, buy a ticket and go heckle Russell, Russell Wilson for, <laughs> th- for three hours. Yeah, that'll be, that'd be really funny. Um, but enough about slamming the Broncos. Um, another game that I want to touch is the bears and the jets. The bears are heading to, uh, MetLife stadium to take on the jets. They are four and a half point favorites. Um, right now, 42% of the bets are on the bears. So 58% of the bets are on the jets and the jets have 68% of the money. Um, four and a half seems like a lot after the jets only scored three points and the bears are clearly able to put up points, even though they just lost the Falcons by three. I think they put up 28. Um, the, the Pats defense is nothing to scoff at, but I don't know. Like the With all the Zach Wilson stuff going on in, in New York and how good Justin Fields has been, I guess I don't, I don't know about his health. I think I don't know if he's slated to play, and maybe that's part of the part of why the line is where it's at, but I would, I would lean Bears pretty heavily here, in, in my opinion, at a four and a half. Yeah, I don't mind that either. And I'm looking at the numbers here. Even though Chicago is four six and one ATS, um, their margin of victory is only minus three this season. As well as they've got um, so that's their average margin of victory. And then for their ATS plus minus, they're at a plus one point three. So with a smaller spread like this, you would think that um, Vegas kind of sees it as a close game too. Mm-hmm. And, and and they have had several. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looks like Justin Fields is day to day. So if he plays, I mean, at four and a half, I, I love that for the Bears. I, I wasn't very high on that at the beginning of the year, but they've kind of proved me wrong. Really, Justin Fields is kind of breaking out a little bit, I would say. He's, I mean, he's running the ball an insane amount, but it's yeah. working. And they're, and they're, they're staying in games. And I mean, they haven't won. They lost to the Lions and lost to the Falcons in very high scoring close games. So. Are the Bears the most beloved three and eight team of all time? Because everyone is just loving them and Justin Fields, and then you look at the record, and it's like, oh, they're oh, three and eight. <laughs> <laughs> they must be. I mean, <laughs> if the Texans won last week, I would have I would have loved them more as a two win team, but they've been they've been not so great. <laughs> yeah, hey, and their one draw from your <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, uh, let's move to that game, Andy. The the Monday Night Steelers Colts game. How is Saturday, and do you think you have a chance of hitting your win total or the the AFC South division title? Uh, no, so the AFC South is already settled because the schedulers completely fucked over the Colts and gave us five division games in the first seven. I know I've touched on that before, but the Colts also screwed themselves over by um, starting off with a 1-3-1 one, and one record in the division. So <laughs> Tennessee has won the division. That's already locked up. There's so many other teams that are way better that like the Colts should be tanking. There's no reason to win, but it's just Jim Irsay saving face. I like Jeff Saturday. I mean, I think every Colts fan loves Jeff Saturday. There's not a single person that hates him in the fan base. It's more so like, I think we all, even though um, Frank Reich is gone, like people still really like Chris Ballard as the GM because he's done some good things. The fact that he got no say in the hire is screwed up in my opinion. I think Jim Irsay is overcompensating a bit. I, it's it's a lot to take in. I, I don't really have a take yet because I was really impressed with him. I, I think he's a good leader. I was impressed with him after the first game and then how he did against the Eagles. I think they had a great game plan against you guys, but um, it's still too early for, for me to say. Who knows? I could be absolutely loving him next week or I could be cursing his name. So we'll see. Yeah. It'll be really cur- – I'm curious to see how he handles that Steelers front line because the Eagles front line is good, but it can't stop the run. And Jonathan Taylor was able to run all over us. But the Steelers, it's not necessarily the case. With T.J. Watt back, they'll get a really good pass rush and uh, put Matt Ryan, who cannot move any bit laterally, under a lot of pressure. So uh, I expect Jonathan Taylor to, to to run the ball a lot, but I don't know if they're going to be able to break through. And that, that'll that be where the game's won. I think the, the Steelers, what is the spread? The Steelers are minus, no, no, the, yeah, the Colts are minus two and a half, which is, Weird, very weird, in, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, some people, and, and it depends if people believe in it or not, but actual bookmakers have said that in the NFL, like that home teams generally do get a two to three point mm-hmm. edge. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some people that aren't bookmakers like choose whether or not they believe in that, which whatever, when it comes from the bookmaker's mouth, we should probably should believe it. So that's all it is really is that they're thinking Lucas oil will push the Colts over the edge. Yeah, it is Monday night. And, uh, the total is what's the total sitting at 39. It's at 39, yeah, 39. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> so it, it will be a close game. So, I mean, God, dude, this has underwritten all over it for you. You're going to be tweeting out, <laughs> thought about this all day at work today, but uh, I think I'm going to go with the under. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know me. Um, but I know there's not many bets in, but 95% of the money is on the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Whatever. I mean, the, if if we're going to talk about teaser pieces, Steelers are a nice teaser piece. Um, but I, I, I can't do that. That's against my religion. So I don't believe I you. Do I do the same thing. But lastly, let's touch on the Packers and the Eagles. The Eagles are home dog or home favorites, seven points to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They lost on Thursday night football to, oh, they to lost the on Titans. Thursday, right? Yeah, to the Titans. So yeah, the Packers off a relatively long week, off the loss to the Titans and the Eagles off a off this by the skin of their teeth win to the to the Colts coming back home. Right now, the Eagles sit in the twenty to thirty percent sharp differential range, which is great. Um, but they also have 64% of the bets. And if we're taking Andy's, the Vegas books are going to slaughter <laughs> the the public betters after Thanksgiving. That doesn't look good for the Eagles. I, I like them by a touchdown here. It'll be interesting to see whether, you know, they go to seven and a half or six and a half, because I think that's going to dictate where a lot of money is put for this game. Yeah. The Eagles have not covered in their last three in a row now. So they didn't cover minus 14 at Houston. They didn't cover minus 11.5 versus the Commanders because they lost, and then they didn't cover minus 6.5 versus the Colts. So um, you could come in with a theory that something, something's got to give here, but then you take a look at the Packers, and they just kind of alternate where it's uh, don't cover, then they cover, don't cover, then they cover, don't cover. So I'm also – I, I want to look at the teams here. I mean, the Packers are dreadful, and I think that – this could be – it doesn't necessarily fit as nicely into a long teaser, but if you want to bring the Eagles down to a more affordable price, you could go You could go that route or like a money line parlay or something if you're not as confident in the minus yeah. seven. I, I don't see a path for the Packers to win here because I think this Eagles offense matches up really, really nicely against the, against the Packers' D. No, I agree with that, but the thing that scares me is the Packers' run game against the Eagles' terrible run defense. Great counterpoint, granted, yeah. Yeah, granted, we do have another week of getting Indomitian Sue in into the playbook. I think he had like three or four days to prepare for Jonathan Taylor um, after we picked him up. So I think having him is going to be a real, real big helper for run defense. And hopefully, I don't know what Jordan Davis's timeline looks like, but once we get back him back, we'll we'll surely be able to start the run a little bit more. But obviously, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are a huge part of of what the Packers do. And Christian Watson's really coming out into his own. We've got a great secondary. So hopefully we can kind of shut down the air game that way, which again, screams to me under. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the under here and, and the public is on the over. There you go. <laughs> the public. I don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first folks. I think that's a good yep. one to end on too. Yeah. I think that's a good one to end on as well. I do want to, one other, two other things I want to, or two other games I want to point out, just based on the public and what we know about them betting overs. The Raiders, Seahawks, ninety percent of the bets are on the over right there. Bet the under because anytime over seventy five percent, they're one in six or one in seven. Sorry, on the over. Um, and then the other one is the Saints, Niners, uh, at set total set at forty three. Eighty five percent of the bets are on the over. Yeah, still nonetheless really interesting stuff to talk about. But I think that's about all we had there for this episode of Sharp in the Public. Um, thank you for listening to us. Hopefully you were able to listen a bit before Thanksgiving. Or if you're listening after Thanksgiving, we got a lot of our takes right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a great week 12. Really looking forward to it. Look out for my article on hopefully Thursday morning. We'll see. And then I'll try to update it, keep everyone updated on Twitter and Reddit following for, for more information. But Thank you again so much for listening. We really, really appreciate the support. Keep reaching out to us with questions or 
or takes or anything, uh, we're happy to to take your guys' feedback and work with that because we're growing a community. We're work, we're working with that. We're growing, trying to grow the brand, and it's going well. And we only have you guys to thank. So, thank you. Thanks, guys. Love you yeah. all. Love you all, and we'll we'll see you next week. And big things to come. So stay tuned. We're not just yeah. pulling your leg. There's some exciting things on the way. So couldn't do it. Thanks to you. Couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you to you all. And to all, a good night. Happy Thanksgiving. That's, that's a Christmas thing. Yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> boo, boo. <laughs> the boys bet better with beer. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sharpen the Public. A lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at Happy Hour Sports. So we would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.